This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2015. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Uh, Peter, uh, speaking here after the lame man was healed, verse 13, he says, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. Christianity is the only religion founded upon a resurrected man. All other religions, no matter how great or how big they are, are founded upon dead men or the teachings of dead men. But thank God our leader is still alive today, very much alive. The resurrection of Jesus was a non-preventable certainty. Death could not hold Jesus. Peter says it was not possible that he should be held by it. Once Jesus became that sin offering on the cross, once he said those words, it is finished. Father, into your hands I command my spirit. Once he did that and died, nothing could stop Jesus rising again from the dead. No grave could hold him. Satan and all his hosts were powerless to prevent it. How could the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, how could that not raise him from the dead? How could his body be claimed by the dust of the earth whenever God promised that his Holy One would not see corruption? Jesus himself never, ever doubted his rising again. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. I am the resurrection and the life. He had no doubt that he was going to rise from the dead. You see, in God's economy here, life is not the exception to the rule of death, but rather death is the exception to the rule of life. Sometimes we look at the resurrection or resurrection, and we think that that's God's interrupting the rule of death. But actually, death, because of sin, was the interrupter to God's rule of life. God's rule is always life, not death. God has overcome death. God's rule is life, eternal life, everlasting life, abundant life, the spirit of life. God made Adam immortal. He was not death doomed because that's what mortal means. He was not. And when God created Adam, he made him perfect, and he was in perfect health, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. He was not in any way lacking anything. But we know how that sin came along, and after sin came along, then we know how that that death began to work in him. Another law was working in his members. But before that, Adam had the life of God in him. 
But then the grim reaper came, the great interrupter to the exception of God's rule of life. The problem we have today is we think death in our thinking has become the rule. It has become the norm. And it is true that it's universal, and it is true that it's terrible, that it's awful, that it's certain, that it's sure, that all that is true. So therefore we think resurrection is the exception, and it is true, even in the Bible, there was few that was resurrected, but God one day will resurrect every single human being that died that has ever lived upon the face of this earth, because God's rule is life, and he will not allow death to have the last say. God will make sure of that. Paul said to Agrippa, why do you think it incredible that God should raise the dead? In other words, that's normal for God. God can do anything. Paul says in Adam, all die, but in Christ, all shall be made alive. Jesus said in Revelation 1 and 8, I am he that lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of hell. Amen. And let me give you just briefly tonight, before we show this video, let me give you some reasons why God raised Christ from the dead. First of all, for our justification. Romans 4.25, who was delivered up because of our offenses, and was raised up for our justification. We stand tonight justified in God's sight, not just because Christ died on the cross, thank God he did, but because he rose again from the dead. And that is the evidence, all the evidence we need that we're justified in his sight because we have put our trust in him and believe in him, so therefore we have been justified. God raised him, up from the dead to justify us. God raised him from the dead to prove his deity. Romans 1, 3, and 4, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness, note this, by the resurrection from the dead. I said this morning in the sermon this morning how important the resurrection is for us to believe as believers. It's the cornerstone. It's one of the great pillars of our belief. Now, you would think, would you not, that the evidence of his deity would even be his, his conception, born of a virgin. You would think, surely, that supernatural mystical event, that would be enough for anybody to prove his deity. You would think, would you not, that the great miracles and the signs and wonders that he did, turning water into wine, walking upon the, the Sea of Galilee, all of those things, raising the very dead, even a man who had been dead for days, surely you would think all of that would prove his deity. But yet, there was one more thing. He would have to rise from the dead. Even after all these events on the cross, even after all those signs where the sun was blocked out for three hours, even after all of that, he still had to rise from the dead. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. It's important to us 
but it was important to God that his son rose again from the dead. God raised him from the dead to be the head of the church. Ephesians 1, 19 to 23, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all. Christ was raised from the dead to be head over the church. The head of the church is Jesus Christ. It's not a potentate. It's not a pope. It's not a it's not a king it is the Lord Jesus Christ the risen ascended resurrected Lord Jesus Christ that is who the head of the church is tonight God raised him from the dead that we may walk in the power of a new life Romans 6 just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we should walk in newness of life for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. God raised him from the dead that you and I might be raised from the dead. Romans 8 and 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Jesus said, because I live, you shall live also. Now, there are people who think, casual readers of the Bible perhaps, who think that there's only one resurrection, a general resurrection, but there's two resurrections. There's a resurrection of the just, the resurrection of the unjust. The resurrection of those who are in Christ, the resurrection of those who rejected Christ. There's two judgments. Paul talks about the judgment seat of Christ in 2 Corinthians. And John in Revelation 20 talks about the great white throne of judgment. And the judgment seat of Christ is for those believers who put their trust in Christ, who will stand before him to have our works examined to see if they're worthy of rewards. And I hope and I trust that some are, but we'll only know on that day for sure. But then those who didn't put their trust in Christ, when they're resurrected, they will stand before the great white throne in Revelation 20. And the books will be opened, it says, and the book of life will be opened. And they'll be judged out of the books. But those whose name's not in the book of life, it says, will be cast into the lake of fire where the devil is. So thank God for the resurrection. It's very encouraging when you're a pastor and you stand at a funeral service you're standing over an open grave. Thank God for the resurrection of the believer in Christ. What hope that gives you. What assurance, what confidence to know that one day there will be a uniting again. That one day that connection will be made again. So thank God for the resurrection. God raised him from the dead that he might be baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, 32, 33. This Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. 
Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you both see and hear. Whenever you get born again, it was the Holy Spirit who baptized you into the body of Christ. He put you mystically into the body of Christ. But once you are in the body of Christ, then it is Christ who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. And that's a different thing. Subsequent to your salvation, yes, all of us are the Spirit of Christ, but the infilling of the Holy Spirit is something subsequent to salvation. It's all through the book of Acts, and you can see that. But it's Christ who's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And he wants to baptize every single believer in the Holy Spirit. That's what he does. That's what he wants to do. And then finally, God raised him from the dead to be our intercessor and our advocate. Romans 8, 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. What a joy to know that we have an advocate at the right hand of the Father tonight who always is praying for us. It's wonderful when we pray for each other, and I hope that we do. But even better to know that Jesus is praying for you. We're never sure sometimes if we pray whether that prayer is going to be answered or not, or whether we're praying amiss or whatever, how long it's going to take. But you can be sure when Jesus prays, he's going to get that prayer answered. He's going to get it answered. And so tonight... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. <laughs> and if that old devil comes before God and accuses, Jesus is standing and sitting at the right hand of the Father, whoever lives to make intercession for us. Says, that's my child. He, she, put their trust in me. <laughs> and that's all the devil needs to know, <laughs> that we have fully trusted Christ and that he is our intercessor. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can also watch the Sermon of the Month video at youtube.com forward slash Moira Pentecostal or download the sermon video through our iTunes video podcast. For more information, visit us at www.mpc.org.uk.